If you did arrive as we were singing a Merry Christmas to you, it's wonderful that we get to be together. It's wonderful in, in, in the, the course of this year and all that's happened in the last couple of years, whenever we get these opportunities to be together, it's a celebration. It's a good moment. And I hope we never, ever take this lightly. So it's good to be here. Before I, I share a message, I do want to give condolences to many families that are represented here today, the many families who aren't here today, many in our community who have lost in the course of this year, and you've really gone through difficulties. Um, for those of you who know uh, Claudia Batone, Louis Batone, her husband, who's been part of us here, he fought a long battle with cancer, and he passed away this week. And um, scripture so clear. It says, when one of us hurts, we all get to hurt. When one of us celebrates, we all get to celebrate. And so I do want to acknowledge you and your families this morning. I know many of you are here and you've, you've lost a loved one during the course of this year. And today it gets hard because today you're thinking, January the 1st, I didn't think December the 25th, you wouldn't be here with us. I want to encourage you this morning that God knows all that you are going through. God still is the author of your life. He holds you dearly and he loves you compassionately. He loves all that you're feeling he loves you and your family, and today he would say, still find the joy. The joy is that the plan of God's salvation is complete. And so for a man like Louis, we celebrate in part, in a large part, because he's healed. He's healed because a man named Jesus came to this world at the age of 30, said, I am the Savior, and told the world, and gave up his life, rose from the dead, and conquered death and sin and sickness for eternity, so that you and I in the midst of difficulties, we get to, to celebrate. I was reading Jesus in that final prayer before he is crucified, when he's um, on the mountain of Gethsemane. He says, in this world, you will find tribulation, but in me, you will find peace. I want to encourage you, who, if you've had loss this year, please, today, come to Christ. In him, you will find peace today. When the world is full of tribulation, in him, you will find peace. And then I do want to give love from Marcus and Adele. Um, it's hard to keep Marcus away from a Christmas meeting. It's very hard. But uh, we've managed to persuade him that spending time with his family is important. So he's currently in Norway, Oslo, with uh, his family there, and they're having a wonderful time. But they do send their love. They, uh, they're missing every single one of you. He'll be back soon. But uh, on this Christmas morning, they do send a lot of love. Um, and then I don't want to forget, somebody's lost a watch. That's all I'm going to tell you. If you've lost the watch, can you come see Wayne at the end of the meeting? Now, don't try and guess what it is. Don't say, oh, it's got 12 numbers, 1 to 12. And don't say it's got two hands, the one ticks a little bit faster than the other one. We get that, but it's Christmas, guys. Wayne's got a watch. If you've misplaced your watch, it's over there. All right, come afterwards and, and, and get it from Wayne. So um, I think if we're honest today, a lot of us love this day because this day definitely involves receiving gifts. <laughs> We're allowed to admit that, okay? You're not a sinner if you say, I love getting gifts. It's one of those love languages. Who here loves receiving gifts? Hands up. There's no, there's no shame here, I promise. There's none. My wife loves gifts. I've got four kids. I love gifts. Who loves giving gifts? Okay. I think the first group outweighed the second group, but that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll ratio this out to the chat. But I think um, it's all right for us to say that giving and receiving gifts is a wonderful reason why we celebrate today. But now to tell you the truth and to be a little bit vulnerable with you guys, I really, I really struggle when it comes to Christmas shopping. I really do. And it's not because I don't like the idea of giving gifts. I, I really do enjoy it. I do. 
But um, my desire is I'll try to find the most perfect gift for a person. So if I had to get you a gift, I would, I, would, I would hate to get you just a generic gift. I wouldn't give a gift card or just money and say, go get yourself something. I try and pursue and look for that unique, perfect gift that fits you, fits your personality. But man, those things are hard to find. And what I often notice is when I do find that elusive gift, I finally find, like, this is the one. There's this choir of angels. Harold the angel is singing there with me. He's like, ah, oh, this is it. It's incredibly expensive. It's way beyond a budget that I could afford. I'm like, I just can't do it. I can't get it. And so the hunt continues. In fact, I even wish that um, the giving of gifts could be measured by their value, by how long it takes you to find that gift. So I often think when I'm walking around, like I hope the person knows how many malls I've been to, how many shops I've gone to, how many aisles I've walked down, how many times they said, sorry, we don't have your size. Don't you hate that? How many websites you've had to go onto? And then if people knew just how much you've searched, they might know there's a lot more value in it. Um, I've worked out that um, now with me being a father of four, there's a lot more pressure on me as a father to find good gifts for my kids. I need to be a good dad. I need to be a good father. I need to get them good gifts. I've, uh, please do not judge me about this. We had our Christmas decorations up from November the 1st. <laughs> Did anybody have their decorations up earlier? Please put your hand up so I don't feel alone in this. No one. Where's my wife so she can see the insanity that we are living in? Do you see, Nicole, no one has their Christmas decorations up November the 1st. Well, we do. Not by my choice. But I've worked out why. Because I've got four kids. And if there's a Christmas tree that is standing up, a Christmas tree has promised that something's going to be underneath that tree on the 25th of December. So they want the tree up as soon as possible so they know something's going to be there. And they want Christmas stockings to be up as well. Because Christmas stockings don't remain empty, something's got to fill those stockings on the 25th of December. So the quicker you get those decorations out, the quicker the promise something's coming your way by the 25th. That is why I'm sure my Christmas decorations are up from the 1st of November. I think we even beat the shops. But my hope is that you know, we would get our kids good gifts. And I've worked this out a little bit. When they're young, it's really easy to buy your kids a gift. You just get them the box that something was delivered in, your kid is satisfied. That box could have been to deliver groceries. A young kid loves that box. As they get a bit older, just give them a toy that wasn't theirs, and your kid's happy. This was not my toy, but because it's something I didn't have, I'm as happy as can be. And as they get a bit older, so it gets a little bit trickier because the gifts need to get a little bit more specific. What I've learned with my kids, we just simply ask. Instead of trying to guess, just ask them as they get older. So what do you want? They're quite specific with what they want. They don't just want clothes. They know exactly what type of clothes they want. They don't just want technology. They know the exact technology that they want. You probably have to go look up what they're talking about, but you don't know. They know exactly. They don't just want Lego. They know the exact Lego that they want. As kids get older, they know exactly what they want. And then as parents, we've got to try and work out whether this is good for them or not. So Nicole and I have to have this discussion. So my kids, the older two, would say, we want a phone. We're like, no, you're still too young for a phone. We're not getting you a phone. You're not at that age. My two boys, Ben and Nathan, they went through a snake phase. They wanted a snake in the home. And the thought of feeding live little baby mice to a snake wasn't 
great for me and my wife or my two little girls. So we just said no. But what we did is we negotiated with them. We said, I, I know what you want, but I don't think it's good for us. Let's negotiate. So Ben, instead of a snake, got two cockatiels, right? Doesn't slither. And uh, Nathan got a leopard gecko, which does hiss and attack us a little bit. But we managed to negotiate and work out what is good for our kids. But my kids are at this place. We can, we can ask them. This is what we would like. They would tell us what they would need. Now, me being a good father, my effort, my hope, my desire is that I would be a good dad. And I would give them a good gift. The reason I'm telling you all of this is because this reminded me of a passage that we find in the Gospel of Luke. All right? In the Gospel of Luke, we see um, it's in Luke chapter 11. If you have your Bible here, if you have a phone with a Bible on it, just open up to Luke chapter 11. I'll tell you where you're going to read from now. It's a short passage. But it made me think about this passage, my whole Christmas scavenging for gifts to be a good father. And um, in Luke chapter 11, Jesus is asked by his disciples if he could teach them how to pray. You see, what they're asking Jesus is, I'm sure, a question that you have asked many, many times. And it's a question I know I've asked many, many times. It's, God, how can I speak to you? Have you ever asked that question? God, how, how do I talk to you? Or God, how do I hear your voice? How do I engage in this conversation? How do I interact with you, God? How do I do this thing called prayer? And so Jesus is asked by his disciples, how do we do this? They would often see Jesus. He would leave the crowd. He would go all alone. And he would start talking to the Father through prayer. And often off the back of that, Jesus would make some really important decisions. One was he, he named the 12 disciples after a time of prayer. The one time he said to the village, actually a lot's happening here, but we need to go. Because what's happened in that prayer time is God saying, I've got some important things for you to know. The disciples saw it. They wanted that. They wanted to know, how do I speak to God? How do I interact with God, Jesus, the way that you do? So Jesus, he, he tells them some key areas that they can talk to God about, that they can pray about. We call that the Lord's Prayer. You'll see a longer version in the Gospel of Matthew. Um, but he says things like, well, when you speak to God, call him Father. Call God Father. He says, worship him. Worship God when you speak to him. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. He says then, well, ask God his plans before you tell God yours. Your kingdom come, Lord. Your, your will be done. He says you should ask God about his plans. Then you get to ask God for your needs. Give us today, Lord, our daily bread. He then says, ask God to help you not to fall for temptation, not to give in to sin. Help us to forgive God the same way we've been forgiven. Jesus gives his disciples some key points that you should be praying to. When you speak to God, well, these are some good things to speak to God about. But then Jesus goes a little bit further because I've asked him, how do we speak to God? And he says, well, let me tell you a story. And the story goes like this. I'm going to paraphrase it. It is there. You can read it later. But imagine you're in bed. Imagine it's after midnight. You're in bed. You're in your Christmas pajamas. I've seen many of you on Instagram in your Christmas pajamas. They're wonderful. It's very late at night, and there's a knocking at your door. It's a friend of yours, and they're calling your name. They're saying, hey, I need you to come help me. And they say, a friend of mine has just arrived at my house to come stay the night, but I don't have any food. I have nothing to give them. Can you give me some stuff? Now, how many of you would tell your family and the kids, stand still, don't move. They won't know we're here if we don't move. Stop breathing so loudly. Have you ever done that? I've heard people do that. I never do that. I promise. 
if you come to my house, it's an open door, but just warn me because I've got four kids, right? So I need to make sure things look okay. But perhaps this person said, everybody freeze. If they don't hear us, they'll go away. But they didn't. They kept knocking. They said, we need food. We need you to help us. Eventually, you shout out and you say, no, 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 no. I'm in my pajamas. The story says my kids are in bed with me. I can relate. I get a few kids in the morning in the same bed with me. But he's saying, you would say, no, please go away. I, I, I can't. I'm in bed. I'm comfortable. But this person persists. And they just keep knocking. And they just keep knocking. And they don't go away. Jesus then says in the story that because this person is your friend and because they're in need and because that person um, just needs what you can give to them, you would make that effort. Because they've persisted, you would eventually get out of bed and the story says you'd give them everything that they need. Now what is Jesus teaching in that story? Jesus isn't saying that God doesn't answer our prayers after curfew. So once curfew is happening, I think it's midnight at the moment, that you can't pray after midnight, God says, curfew is happening, you can't talk to me. It's not saying that you can't pray to God when God's asleep. Jesus isn't teaching that. The point Jesus is making in the story is he's saying that you've got a friend to go to in your most important times of need. You've got someone that you can turn to. But importantly, God wants you and me that we would persist. We would learn to persist in pursuing after him. We would learn to not give up in approaching him, in speaking to him. Remember, Jesus is teaching how do we pray when we speak to God, when we pray to God. He says, don't give up. Keep on knocking. Keep on asking because God is actually a good friend who will provide what you need. But go, go and ask. He wants to help us. And this is the passage that I want to read this morning and that alludes to my Christmas hunting. So in Luke chapter 11, verse 9, to verse 13. Let's read it. It says, Jesus continues, and I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, and I could look at myself right now and you could look at yourself, what father among you what mother among you? But what father among you? If his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So Jesus explains to us, to all of us, in our relationship with God, in our prayer to him, in our living life with him, in our daily engaging with God, you and I, he says, we have a responsibility that we carry. And it's three things. We have the responsibility to ask, the responsibility to seek, and the responsibility to knock. Jesus is telling us that we need to be persistent in this. Non-stop, keep going. Don't give up on this. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Pursue after God. Pursue after God. And as you do, you get the things that you can ask for. You can ask things of him. And sometimes he'll give. Seek and you will find him. Knock and God will open doors that you need opened. God is saying there's a promise here. When you ask, you will receive. When you seek, you will find. When you knock, it will be opened. But why? Why would this happen? 
Why would all these promises come off of these actions that we have? Why would God do this for us? Well, what I've tried to share in the beginning of this message is, you know, for me, I'm an imperfect father. I have sin, I have evil, I've got wrong in me. But even me, as an imperfect father, has this desire to give good gifts. To many, but especially to my children. But if that's me, look what the story says. How much more would our good father, our heavenly father, give good gifts to you and to me? How much more is God wanting to give to you this morning? If you received a good gift this morning, that's fantastic. And well done to the person who gave it to you. But when you look at that gift, you need to say, Father, how much more do you give me far greater gifts day after day after day after day? God is a good Father, and He gives so much more than we ever could. Let's have a look at some of the things that God does give us. Some of these gifts that the Father says, I want to be a good Father to you. I want to lavish gifts upon you. Here's some gifts the Father gives you. Now, to use the analogy, here's some of... Um, to use a Christmas analogy, some of the big gifts. You know, you always look for the big ones under the tree. Here are some of the big gifts that we get from our good father. The first comes from John 3, 16. Very well-known verse. But look what it says again on this day. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. What motivated God to give? Not obligation. Not because he's a parent. Some of you might feel, I'm obliged to give today. Because so-and-so is going to give to me. Do you ever feel that? I have to get this person a gift because I know that person's going to get, give me a gift. I can't be embarrassed. God's not like that. He says, whether you give a gift back to God today, he says, I still have a gift for you. Unconditional. It's given. It says this, for God so loves you, loves the world, that he gave. And what did he give? He gave his only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him you will not perish. You will have eternal life. The first big gift we see God give us is God gave us his only son. That through him, giving up his life for us, through Jesus and his sacrifice for us, you and me, we can have life. Life forever. Life for eternity. And when we have Jesus, we get even more. We get Jesus the person. That's fantastic. It's wonderful. But with Jesus, we then also get forgiveness. All those things we've done wrong, God says, with Jesus, I'll also give you forgiveness. And with Jesus, I'll also give you righteousness. The very thing you and I need in order to be in heaven one day is righteousness. We can't get that anywhere else. But the Father says, I want to give you a good gift today. It's my son. His name's Jesus. And with him, you'll receive forgiveness for all that you've done and all that you will do. And with him, you will receive righteousness. And with him, you will receive life. And with him, you'll receive life, not just for a moment, but forever, for eternity. There are gifts that don't come like that anymore. The gifts you have will expire someday. The gifts you get today, the gifts you buy yourself in the course of this year, they say this, this needs batteries to operate. And we won't give you the batteries. You must get yourself batteries. And this gift has a, a warranty for five years. Then it's over. If it breaks after that, this gift of Jesus is forever and forever and forever, and it's given, and it can't get taken back. It's yours. And with Jesus, we have access to meet with God our Father. There's a freedom. There's a confidence we have. We can speak to God. We can hear God. We have God's word spoken to us through his Bible. In Jesus, we have so much more. And then it says, this gift, Jesus, it's given to everybody. 
Every single one of you. If you feel like you didn't get a gift today, no, you have. You've got a gift. It's Jesus. If this was the Oprah show, I would ask all of you to look under your chair right now and you would all get a gift. Now I'd say, and there's one for you and you get one and you get one and you'd all go wild and crazy. But this is not the Oprah show. Amen. But we get a greater gift today than whatever Oprah could give us. We get the gift of Jesus. Every single one of you, even me, we get this promise of Jesus today. And that's a gift that we have from the Father. I, I want to give any of you this morning, if, you, if you've heard of Jesus, and you say, well, I know of him, but you know, I've, I've never actually accepted this gift. So the Father's offered you this gift every single day of every single year. And you've just said, no, thank you. Maybe you've not even noticed this gift being offered. If you today have never accepted Jesus as the gift of a Savior to you, in five minutes' time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an opportunity to simply do two things. To ask that's a responsibility you have, and then to receive. Ask the Father and say, Father, actually today I want to receive this gift of Jesus, and then receive. I'm going to give you a moment just to think about that, and I'm going to ask you a little bit later on this morning, about five minutes' time. If that's you, that um, you would say, I want to receive that gift today. The second big presence we see under the tree that you're going to rip open is what we actually read in Luke 11:13. It says, how much more will the heavenly Father Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. Another big gift that we get is the Holy Spirit Himself. We receive another person, and it's the Holy Spirit, God Himself. But He says He's going to come and live right in the depths of you. This gift is so amazing that He comes into the very heart of who you are, comes to live within you. Now you've got Him, but still there's more. These gifts are amazing. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Because with the Holy Spirit, we receive someone who will lead us. We receive somebody who's going to guide you through life. You might say, I'm so lost. He says, well, I'm here. Use me. I'm here to help you in your life. He makes us stronger with our character. He makes us stronger with our emotions. He says, can I give you love because you need love? Can I give you self-control because you're battling with some stuff? Can I give you joy? Because this year has been really hard. The Spirit says, can I give you joy? A joy that you can't quite explain, but is in the depths of you? Can I give you kindness and gentleness? Can I give you peace? He does that. Not just at Christmas time, day after day after day. The Holy Spirit says, I'm living right in the depths of you. He knows the heart of you. He knows the very spirit of you. And he says, I'm going to lead you, guide you, teach you, speak to you. He comforts us. He defends us. There's someone fighting for you. Every single day of your life. He fights for us. He teaches us. He matures us. And then he says, I'm going to give you more gifts to make an impact in this world. And you read about the gifts of the Spirit. He gives you the ability to prophesy and to pray for people and they're healed. He gives you the ability to have words of wisdom and knowledge. These things that are beyond us. The Spirit says, can I give you some more gifts? Even more, Lord? Even more. He gives us even more. And that's another gift we have. Third gift big gift that we receive under the tree. And so as you unwrap this box, you receive some papers. And these papers are adoption papers. And we read in Romans 8, verse 15 to 16. So now you've received the Holy Spirit. And look what it says. But you've received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by whom we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. God says that when he saves us, he doesn't just save you. That's not the gift at the end. Again, this gift just keeps getting better. He says, I've saved you, 
But is it okay if I call you son? Is it okay that I call you daughter? Take a moment just to think about what that actually means. You're not just a citizen of heaven. You're a son of the Lord Most High, the King of Kings. You're a daughter. God says, I'm, I've taken you on as my very own. You carry my name. You carry me. And the very Holy Spirit is one of the gifts. He says, I'm going to convince you that you get this. If you don't get this, I'm going to ask you that you would ask, that you would seek, that you would knock, and that you would start walking around with your chin a whole lot higher and your shoulders a whole lot more back and say, I can walk upon this earth, not as one in tribulation, but in one in peace, because I am a son and daughter of the living God. You know why? Because he gave me adoption papers, and he calls me son, and he calls me daughter, and he says, you know what you can call me? Call me father. How good is our father in heaven, that he lavishes good gifts upon you and me. Today, today we get to celebrate. Those are three of the big gifts we get. But remember, my kids will remind me, there's still stockings, right? So let's look at the stockings quickly. What are in the stockings today? Sorry, that sounds like an advert. But what is in the stockings today? God still gives us more. God provides for us. He gives us the material things that we need. God says, look at the birds outside. Can you see that they're eating? How much more will your loving God feed you if the birds outside are eating? And he says, look at the flowers, how beautifully dressed they are. How much more will your loving Father give you clothing and food and the things you need? Just look outside and see how he looks after that. How much more will he look after you? Because you're a son, because you're a daughter. He does that. He knows your needs. He'll give. God gives us community and family that we never have to be alone. Thank you, Lord, for our husbands. Thank you, Lord, for our wives. Thank you, Lord, for our children and our parents. Thank you, Lord, for our, our community, for our friends. The people around you, that's a gift from God for you. The fact that you don't have to be alone today is a gift from God to you. The fact that we have people who care for us and love us. The fact that Gabby and Alexia will give a whole lot of kids candy cane, not forgetting about the adults. It's okay. We love you. We'll give you grace. But that's community because there's love. That's a gift from God. So thank you for that. God gives us health. God gives us talents and abilities to live. God gave you the skills that you have to do the work that you do. God gives you work. God gives you purpose. God gives you destiny. Those are all gifts that as you pull out the stocking, God says, I've got something really amazing for 2022 that I want you to do. Really, God? It's my gift to you so you feel alive, that you feel like you're doing something good. That is from God. God gives us opportunities. God will give us many things to do. God gives us so much, so much, so much more because he's a good father. If you and I have an ability to give good gifts, how much more will our good father give to you and me? So Jesus says, he says, ask. Ask today. Speak to God. Talk to him. Tell him what's happening. Tell God your thoughts. But as you ask, worship him. Speak to him. Pray. As you ask, he's a good father and he knows everything that you and I would need. He knows you so personally, he knows what's going on. He might say yes, he might say no, he might say not yet. The very same way I've got to do that with my children. Yes, no, not yet. God's a good father, he won't just give you what you want. Aren't you grateful God hasn't answered every prayer that you've prayed? Aren't you grateful God hasn't given you everything you've asked for? Because he's a good father and he knows. He says, no, no, you don't know what that gift will do for you. That's not a gift. That's you're asking for. God says, ask. He might give you something else. God knows us perfectly. 
The way that you and I grow, keep asking, keep persisting, keep knocking on that door. God then says, seek, seek, look, look for him, you'll find him. The world was given the greatest gift ever to have received 2,000 years ago. And you know what's amazing? The gift, who it was intended for, the people, sorry, the, the, the people the gift was intended for, they weren't quite searching for the gift. Jesus was promised to Israel and Israel wasn't looking for him. And you know who was? A group of wise men called Magi, all the way from a foreign land in the east. They read some writings that said a king of kings is going to be born. They saw the star and they said, do we do it? Do we go on this treacherous, difficult journey where people will mock us? We will risk our lives on the hunch of some writings and a star in the sky? They said, we need to seek. Let's go seek. And you know what happened? When they were looking, they found. They found. They found the king of kings and they brought their gifts in jubilation. They were looking and they found. Isn't it amazing? And sometimes when God says, I've given you a gift, we will miss it completely. And those who it probably wasn't intended for immediately, they come to find it. But God even allows them to have it. I want to encourage you today, not just to seek Jesus today, not just on Christmas Day. Don't just look at your nativity scene and see the little baby Jesus, but every day look for him, seek him. We need him. We need Jesus in our lives. The promise is if you seek him, you will find him. You will find him. The greatest gift ever given to this world. You and I can have him. It's Jesus. Then lastly, we are commanded to knock. This is a physical thing that you and I get to do. We get to knock. It's practical. Can I encourage you? Be practical in your pursuit of Jesus. This gift that God the Father has given to us. Practical. If you're not part of a church, if you're visiting Cornerstone, please consider joining a church. Be it Cornerstone or another church. But a church is where you practically pursue after God. Pray, speak to God. However you speak, speak to God. Read the Bible. That is knocking on doors. But I really have a sense that many of you this morning, you feel a bit stuck today. You feel like you're in a locked room. And you feel a bit congested. You feel like life, is this it, Lord? Maybe because you're stuck with masks on your face and you're stuck within your home for the last two years and you're stuck with what you can do or can't do. But I think it's beyond that. I think many of you, in the depths of your heart, you feel stuck inside this room, and you're like, Lord, I don't know what my life's about. Well, God says, well, knock. Knock. Because what happens when you knock? The door gets opened. And God wants to open, for many of you, doors that you haven't thought would ever get opened. But the problem is that you and I, we don't knock as often as we should. Remember the story? Be persistent. Knock, knock, knock. God says, I want to open doors for you that you would feel life. You would enjoy the gift that God has given so I remember, when I was young, I remember Jesus, he was simply a name, a name that my grandfather would speak about. That's why I heard him. He was a name that my grandfather would belt out while playing his organ. He would just sing these songs, and I would just hear this name, Jesus. He was just a name of some other man. But as I grew up, and as life started happening, I started to ask a few more questions started to ask a little bit more and seek a little bit more and knock a few more doors. And then I found out a bit more about who this Jesus is. And my heart started to warm up a little bit as a young guy. My heart started to warm a little bit more. So what I did was I started to ask a little bit more and seek a little bit more and knock a little bit more. And a few more doors started opening. A few more answers came. So eventually 
And I'm talking about 20 years ago, I met him. I got to meet this person, Jesus. I got to hear his voice. I knew he was real. I knew that in some way he was with me. I knew he was wonderful. So what did I do? I asked a little bit more. I would seek a little bit more, and I would knock a little bit more. And uh, over the last two decades, what I've discovered in my life, there's no greater gift that I've ever received than meeting and having Jesus in my life. It was a journey, and this journey has revealed to me the greatest treasure, the greatest gift that I have ever received, and that's Jesus. And I'm so incredibly, today I'm so incredibly grateful for this person, Jesus. Because my life in him has changed incredibly. The wife who puts up Christmas decorations on the 1st of November, and the kids who I love immensely, they're only, I can only call them mine because of this person, Jesus, who came into my life and made me a better person. I want to encourage you today. Today you too will receive wonderful gifts from a really, really good father. The greatest of them all is Jesus. But what do you and I need to do? Ask, seek, and knock. I want to encourage you today to be ready to receive. Be ready to receive. And then I also encourage you, be ready to give. I asked in the beginning, how many of you love to receive? Most of you put your hands up. How many of you love to give? Most of you put your hands up. Be ready today to give. Give to God. Give God your time. Give Him your time. Don't be so busy. Give God your plans. As you're thinking about next year, on my way down here, I was thinking about next year. I was like, Lord, January's coming soon. Then we've got to start the calendar all over again. But actually, Lord, I'll give you those plans. I want to give them to you. Give God your weaknesses. Give God your strengths. Give Him your love. Give Him your adoration. Give God your treasures and give Him you. Why? Because He's a good Father who loves you more than anyone else ever will. He's the one that you can trust the most. And he's the one who will keep giving back to you more and more and more and more. And can I encourage you to give to one another? And give to one another on this motivation. Simply love. Simply love. Don't give for any other reason. Don't give to feel like a good person. Don't give to appease your conscience. Don't give to make the Father proud. Give because of love. Because God so loved us. And so, Lord, help us love one another. In fact, it says we love because God first loved us. Find opportunities and ways that we could love the people around you, your family, your friends. The Bible says all the law is held in one thing, love. Let's look to love one another. So I encourage you, a Merry Christmas to all of you today. I really do. We celebrate a loving, a good father. We celebrate the wonderful gifts he's given to us. We get to celebrate today. Can I encourage you, ask, seek, knock, because then you'll receive, you'll find, and doors will be opened.